Johnson. Perez! Johnny Evans, what a header! Oh, what an absolute cracker from Harvey Barnes! Oh, there's magic in that right boot. You're listening to Extra Time, live on LCFC Radio. Your place for all the reaction to the weekend's football. Yes, hello and welcome to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio with me, Dan Bates. Coming up uh, on the show over the course of the next hour or so, uh, in the company of Matt Elliott and Tony Cotty, we'll be hearing from Kalechi Inacho, Ayose Perez. Uh, We'll look at Leicester's next fixtures, of course, against Manchester United in the FA Cup ahead of the international break. We'll also check in with LCFC women after another fantastic result for them. At the weekend, we've of course got our extra time teasers as well as Elliot and Cotty go head to head. But before all of that, of course, we've got to firstly introduce you two and uh, secondly talk about an unbelievably good result for Leicester here at, at King Power Stadium yesterday 5 0 against Sheffield United. Please do get involved if you're listening or watching in on social media. Get your comments in on uh, Facebook and Twitter. We can read out some of the best ones. But we will firstly say good evening uh, to you both and hello, Tony Cotty. You can start with. Good evening, Dan. Good evening, Matt. What a lovely evening. It's always nice to win 5 0, Dan. But when all the teams below you lose as well or draw, then it makes it even better, doesn't it? So it's uh, good to be a Leicester fan tonight, isn't it? Absolutely. Good evening to you. You're looking very smart this evening, Matt. <laughs> I know it's been a, been a bit of a mishmash, hasn't it? The preparation, a bit chaotic. We've got wires hanging out the studio for, uh, sockets where Walshie's been yesterday and he's left it up in the air, as, as you won't be surprised to hear, TC. I've I've turned up in the wrong club. I meant to have the club T-shirt on. I'm sweating buckets here already. I didn't, I didn't take my jacket off. Oh, dear. It's not good. I've got a little Superman. The, t- the shirt's too tight anyway. Look, I'm putting on a bit of weight. So I've got my Superman vest on. There, you can't see it. There we go. <laughs> Superman badge. But apart from that, we're all ready to go. But plenty to talk about, that's for sure. Best, Well, the biggest victory of the season in terms of scoreline. Um... It was, it was a resounding performance, wasn't it? And 5-0, could have been 10, and that was Leicester being patient. <laughs> in the co-commentary, I said on a number of times, you know, they're just feeling their way into the game. No mad rush um, or urgency to, you know, to, well, initially, one, take the lead, but then, you know, to go and ravage Sheffield United, really. You know, they were just composed and calm and collected, and just steadily tore them to pieces, didn't they? But um, great to see, and even better for one man in particular. Yeah, we'll talk about Kletcher and Atro, I'm sure, and much later on. As you can see, we're in a very good mood here in the studio this evening. Uh, as are you on Facebook, I can see already. Mick Dahoney says, high five, anyone? Yeah, fantastic result. Richard Dean says, yes, lads. And Craig Bennett, our regular listener, Craig, good evening to you. He says, good evening all, I hope you're well. What an amazing result. And King Nacho rules as well. It was a, a fantastic performance from... Kelechi and Acho, Tony, I'm, I'm sure you'll have been very impressed with him. Yeah, and I think it's been coming, Dan. I really do. I think there's been hints and, uh, you know, glimpses of, of, of what he's been capable of. And, you know, I, I think I've always said whenever I've been on the, the programmes or doing the commentaries that you, you need a run of games to get yourself into that sharpness and fitness that centre-forwards thrive on, if you like. And, you know, I know it's relevant to other players as well, but I think particularly so with centre-forwards, it you know, it's a specialised position and for you to get your confidence, for you to, you know, be able to 
get that fitness and sharpness I'm talking about. You you need that run of games, and he's had the run of games, and the goals have been flying in as well. And uh, I've got to say, I mean, it wasn't just about his goals yesterday, Dan, was it? It was about his overall game as well, you know, and especially the link-up play with Jamie Vardy. As, a, as a, the next centre-forward, you know, I, I thought it was some fantastic centre-forward play between the pair of them. But I'm really pleased for Kletcher, you know, it gives him confidence now and gives him belief. And, you know, there's still a lot of big games to come, isn't there, in the last sort of 9, 10, 11 games of the season. And, you know, or, well, hopefully get to that FA Cup final as well. There might be more games. But so it's really important that we keep him informed and keep him scoring goals because he's a valuable part of that squad yeah absolutely it is a huge end to the season coming up for Leicester of course isn't it Matt we'll yeah. talk about the game in more detail very shortly but just in general how big do you think that win was do you think in the context of what else happened across the weekend and the other results of course obviously West Ham dropping points yeah. um, Everton dropping points Chelsea dropping points yeah well it's worked out probably you know, as well as it could for Leicester this weekend hasn't it that hasn't always been the case. You know, you have rocky patches, don't you? You have ups and downs throughout the, the course of the season. But, um, you know, they, they, they've they've done their job. I was going to say taking advantage of their situation, but you know, they've done their bit and other teams have failed to do so. So it, it looks pretty rosy at the moment, as it has done for the majority of the season. But as we all know, things can change pretty quickly. It's just a couple of results away from being in a situation, aren't you? And that, that's still the case with Leicester, but it looks very good. With eight points clear of fifth, um, West Ham currently at the moment, and yeah, I know that they've got a game in hand, but that, and people talk about the tough games that Leicester have got ahead, so have the other teams as well. They're not all going to get maximum points. But if you're, what, nine games to go and you're eight points ahead of your targeted rivals, shall we say, i.e. fifth spot, then you haven't got too much to be worried about. You've got to be very pleased with, with the job you've done. Still some work to be done, though, without a doubt, because, you know, I'm trying to make light of those tough fixtures, but the next two, was it West Ham, Man City, then there's a decent little run, then it's Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham. Um, you know, <laughs> there's going to be some tense, uh, exciting football that we'll be able to watch in the coming weeks and months. But uh, Leicester have got to be confident, haven't they? They've got to be confident. They're missing two of their star men, but that lineup yesterday was man for man, you know, it was extremely strong, extremely strong, wasn't it? And, you know, they all played at least a seven, eight out of 10. And when you do that with quality players, um, with, you know, with, with the amount that Leicester City have, you're going to pick up points, aren't you? And it's, uh, yeah, they're looking, looking bang on at the moment. There was, I guess, Tony, a little bit of trepidation going into the game. I think that's probably reflective of what happened at the end of last season for Leicester. And then the fact that they weren't able to break the deadlock down straight away, there was maybe a little bit of nerves coming in, but I don't think the players were nervous at all themselves. They remained patient, didn't they? And and the goal came, and, and when it did come, it was it was brilliant play all round. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic first goal. But, you know, we've spoke about it many times, haven't we, about how you, sometimes you have to be patient. You know, you listen, we all want to go out, score two goals in the first 10 minutes and settle everyone down. But it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you, you've got to be patient. You've got to, you've got to pick teams off. You've got to wait for the right openings. And I think consistently this season, I don't think I've ever seen Leicester panic too much. You know, even if they go a goal behind, they don't seem to panic. And that, that is a sign of a really good group of players who, who believe in themselves and you know sometimes you can't always unlock the door you know there was there was unlucky a few times wasn't they but that's why what was it 39 40 minutes for that first goal to arrive but 
you know, I, I mentioned right at the start about the link-up play between the two centre-forwards and, you know, it was it was a wonderful goal. You know, I think we've got to give Perez a, a praise as well because he had one of those games where he linked things up between the midfield and, and the forwards and it was a lovely little ball in behind to Jamie Vardy and, you know, just the weight of pass. I mean, you know, yes, it was a simple finish for, for Inacho, but you've still got to be in that position. I've, I've watched plenty of games yesterday and over the course of the weekend where ball's flashing across the box and there's no one on the end of it. So he made it look easy. The cross was excellent and the build-up play was a, it was a fantastic goal. And I think after that first goal winning, I think it's, you know, if there was any nerves that were still there, then that settled everyone down and it pretty much become a bit of a procession in the second half. But it was, it was a quality goal. I, I'm not sure it was quite the, the, the best goal that Leicester scored on, on, the, on the day, but because we'll probably talk about a goal a bit later on that they scored, which was even better. But the, the first goal was certainly a really good goal. Yeah, I hesitate to give you too much credit as you're sat just opposite me, Matt, but it is quite interesting in, in the commentary of it. You're talking about Leicester in the lead-up to the goal and you're saying that they need to play a few more balls, maybe mm-hmm. intricate, that are in behind the defence. And as you're talking, yeah. Jose Perez does it to Jamie Vardy. Thank like. you for reminding me of that because I'd forgotten. It was, <laughs> it was bang on cue, wasn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I thought there was a, a purposeful approach um, or an intentional approach to go long quite often early to stretch Sheffield United because they had, you know, the packed back five, wasn't it? And they wanted to sit as deep as they could. But Leicester weren't... Um, when Leicester turned over possession deep in their own half, it might be one pass into Tillemans or Ndidi even or others. But then they were looking for that ball over the top quite regularly. I thought, you know, Vardy on a couple of occasions was very close to getting in, just straight offside. Ian Acho, the delivery, the pass to him was just a little bit heavy on a couple of occasions, but they were good probing, penetrating runs. Um, Sheffield United was sort of a little bit caught unaware. So, so they had to adjust themselves and drop off as a unit. And then subsequently, I think Leicester took a little while to realise that and kept going long. And then Sheffield United were dealing with it. And that's when I think Perez needs to come and do what he ended up doing, you know, picking up positions because there's more space. The game's more stretched because those forward runs are, are, are knocking... Sheffield United's defensive line back. Perez will pick up positions. Even Ricardo can come off the flank. Castagna, even so, um, and that's actually semi-explained that point, and it happened with the first goal. So uh, there you go, a little pat on the back for me, yeah. well, Matthew. It doesn't happen too often. <laughs> Enjoy it while I can, eh? Genius, Ma- master at work. <laughs> I get a front row seat to it. Uh, Jim Co on Facebook says, uh, "Is Jamie Vardy putting Harvey Barnes under pressure for the left wing role? Obviously, two very good assists <laughs> on that left hand side." Yeah. Uh, he, I've always said, and to be fair, most people do that see him regularly. He's not a one-trick pony, and far from it. You know, he's got a lot of facets to his game, and uh, you know, you, you just got to look at his assist stats, and that shows you that. But he, he, he was saying, you know, he's changed his game a little bit. He's just more of a a predator that sort of capitalizes on the end of phases of play or movements by Leicester. But he also gets involved in the mix, whether he's centrally, but he can run those channels, as we know. And you're more likely to do that when you're playing in a two. It affects, Tony will tell you more than me, but it affects your type of runs. Because when you're centre forward, you're not going to go you know, spinning out wide because there's already people there. Unless, you, listen, you can do a little bit of interchange and out-to-in runs, etc. But you're sort of overcomplicating it a little bit. But when there's a pair of you, you work off each other. You know, one comes short and it leaves a little gap for you to run into. It's as basic as that sometimes. But Jamie's got even more about that. I watch him 
um, off the ball sometimes. And he's so quick to have a look around and recognise where the space is to bend his runs into. You know, that might be away from the ball sometimes. Tillens might have it right-hand side of midfield. And Vardy's ending up in the left-hand channel. He spins outside and in between centre-half and wing-back. Um, and, yeah, he, he, it's really intelligent and direct um, centre-forward play. And always an absolute handful. And <laughs> he, he looks something like close to, back to maybe not his best, but, you know, how he can play. I mean, two stroke, three assists. Does that count on own goal as an assist? We'll give him it. Hat-trick of assists. He could have had hat-trick of goals to join Kalechi, couldn't he? Because he had, some, he had some real good chances. One in particular, he certainly should have scored. And the other two were half chances at worst. But, uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was good because Vardy looked, looked nice and sharp, didn't he? And um, just another plus to the day. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, Tony, you did um, co-commentary for us on LCFC Radio a couple of weeks ago, or maybe about a month ago now, uh, away at Fulham. And, and before that game, I think Jamie Vardy was out. You were calling for Kelechi Inacho to, to start up front, and he replied with scoring. And, and you saw him then in the flesh, and he's gone on this brilliant run since. And the first time he's, he's scored in three consecutive Premier League games, it's an impressive record, and clearly he's full of confidence right now. Yeah, he is, but... He... You know, I think we've we've sort of made the point that you know as as great a player Jamie Vardy is, and as important a player Jamie Vardy is, and I know the managers spoke about this as well, Brendan Rodgers. You know, other players have to step up to the plate. Sometimes you can't just rely on one player to to help you through the season. You know, because it, it's a dangerous game to play. You know, you could you could say, for example, say something like Spurs. Harry Kane, you can't just rely on Harry Kane. You've got to have other players that are scoring goals. And the same applies to Leicester. And to, back to the point you're making, Dan, you know, if Jamie, Jamie is he's playing very, very well at the moment, very well. And his assist that Matt has spoken about, you know, fantastic assists and his all-round game is excellent. But that for whatever reason, he's just going through one of them spells where the goals aren't coming naturally to him. And it's frustrating as a centre-forward because you, you have these spells and you're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything different. Um, but for whatever reason, you don't get a lucky break. I mean, the one that was cleared off the line, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, half a yard either way, it's in the back of the net. And, you know, little things like that happen or, you know, you, it's an own goal rather than a Jamie Vardy goal. And, and you go through those spells. So when Jamie's not scoring, we need other players to contribute. And, you know, Kalechi's taken the mantle up at the moment. I think it's great news that you've got two players that are more than capable of scoring. And not just that, you've got Perez as well. We played in that position. I know when James Madison's fit, he's probably going to come into that position instead of Perez. But there's three fantastic options there. And, you know, you, you just need goals from other areas. And if you do that, then, you know, everything takes care of itself. You know, defensively, I've got to say, though, three centre-halves, look at them three centre-halves. I would not want to play against them three <laughs> centre-halves. I, I, I know it was a, a disappointing Sheffield United performance and, and the way they played. But they look very, very solid, the three centre-halves as well. And I think it's a, it's, it's a good system, the three four one two, And you know how much I love two up front. So long may that continue because it does give more options for everyone in the team. Uh, good evening to Fee Howe, who's listening in on Facebook. She says, I agree with TC. We are not just a, a one-player team. And I think no, when, when you look all. at the stats, particularly for the, the goal-scoring element, you, you likes of James Madison and mm. Harvey Barnes, obviously Jamie Vardy all in double figures, Kletchi Iheanacho, up there as well, obviously, on mm. this fantastic run himself as well. That There's a lot of support now for Jamie Vardy this season. Yeah, I don't think Leicester have been a, a one-man team in terms of goal scoring for quite a while now. But uh, th there was a time when, you know, it was a concern that Jamie Vardy got 
too high a percentage of the goals and what would happen if he's not available. But, you know, people, um, you know, at times, it, you know, it did look a little bit, not not weak in that, but when Vardy wasn't there, they're just sort of muddling their way through a little bit. But players have developed themselves and also Leicester have developed how they play themselves. They're not, you know, people <laughs> wrongly say that it, it was just you know, a totally counter-attack um, campaign when they won the season and Vardy was ball over the top, Mahrez to Vardy and Ma he scores or Mahrez does a bit of magic. Now, there's an element of truth in that, but there was a lot more to it in reality why Leicester won the league and and so there is to this day now, but Leicester are, are more complete now than they were when they won the league. So we've mentioned a number of times about winning games in different ways, but also in different styles and different systems, etc. You know, they've got flexibility. They've played probably four or five different systems this year and been reasonably successful at worst with all of them. And you know that's a credit one to Brendan Rodgers to being able to implement it, but two to the players to to be adaptable enough and it shows that there's quality within that squad that people you know can adjust accordingly. And it's uh, yeah, I mean. TC's like saying there about the system, what's not to like about it? With the personnel he's got, um, different scenario, James Madison, yeah, okay, Perez there, but the only conundrum I suppose is Harvey Barnes, where, where does he squeeze into? But uh, nice problem to have if you're struggling to fit Harvey Barnes into your team. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, they, they, they've managed the situation really, really well, haven't they? Because they had a little bit of a, not a fright, but you know, a little bit of a setback. But again, Brendan's right that okay, underperformed against uh, Slavia and then uh, were you know, beaten by the better side against Arsenal. But it's Arsenal we're talking about. So yesterday, they're not a bad outfit, better than their t their um, position in the league suggests. So you know, <laughs> people were sort of quick to get apprehensive, weren't they? But unnecessarily so. But um, no, it just. They just look so solid all throughout. Like just, yesterday, like I mentioned it, and Tony just reiterated there. That back five, back six with Michael, like they're top top class players. Back seven with Ndidi and Ndidi in front. I was just going to say that, yeah. And then, if necessary, not that they'll need any help, Tillemans can drop in there as well and do a little bit too. So, I mean, they are formidable. That, that, that back three, you know, the power, agility. You know, aggression, experience, there, and then experience with Johnny there, and they'll learn quickly. Aerial ability, footballing ability, they can come and join in the play. Oh, them two outside of Johnny, the, the pace they've got. You know, like, like Tony says. Uh, I mean, I love playing up front with Tony, but I wouldn't fancy against them three Tony, as you say. It was, you know, that's a long afternoon's haul, isn't it? But. Um, yeah, the old, the old white flag will come up pretty soon, wouldn't it? And and good, and it's great for us. When we get to the stage where you know the, the three centre halves, where where that's that's going to be almost a, a given for for Leicester to play, because you you've got to somehow or other find a way to get those three centre halves into the team, haven't you? You know, from a defensive point of view, I you know like I know the the sort of the fullbacks have pushed in as wing backs and everything yesterday, but. You know, if you look at those three centre halves, I, I I don't know about you, Matt. Like, again, you're you're the you're the defensive man, but if you said to me you've got to leave one of those centre halves out, I wouldn't know which one to leave out no. because they've all been so good. And and as a result of that, if you can put the play them as a back three, but 
play then, you can then play the 3 4 one, two, or you can play a 3 5 two. you can play a 3 4 three. There's many, many systems that you can play if you've got those three centre-halves. Well, that, that's a question that David Grogan has asked on Facebook. He, he said, can you ask the guys if we should stick to a back three in light of the, those recent performances and tough games coming up against West Ham, Manchester United, yeah. Manchester City as well? I think, I think his, let's say historically, yeah, only recently, uh, this campaign, it, 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 more often not, it has worked for Leicester. There's been a few teething problems, in my view. You know, mentioned them yesterday uh, in terms of playing that three at home when Leicester's almost caught between two stalls. You know, the wing backs are flying forward, and I didn't think the centre halves, outside centre halves, were particularly switched on enough, um, and all got caught <laughs> doing half a job on occasion. Fulham, in particular, springs to mind, but. When when they've got their minds tuned in and they're focused and you know, just adjusted it a little bit and they've got Johnny Evans to help marshal things, um, yeah, I, I I don't see why not. I mean, because the, those players, that back five, they're all players, individuals of such high standard. It, it's difficult to not have them out on the pitch, isn't it? There, there will be times, you know, one's had a little bit of a knock and needs a rest or whatever and then... You adjust, but then do you carry on with a back three or you, you just kept switching into a four, but it's nice to get a little bit of rhythm, I suppose, playing a certain way. But Leicester get enjoy it out of, out of th this approach. Um, and it, per definitely now, with Barnes being out and the personnel available, it, it just fits perfectly. You know, it's ideal. It's, it's the conundrum of Barnes <laughs> when he comes in, as I said. But, um, you know, does he go centrally? But... No one's dropping in Acho anytime soon, are they? Vardy, etc. But circumstances changed, didn't they, as they go along? I, I think for now, certainly with the two games coming up, Man United in the Cup, and then was it West Ham, Man City in the league? I, I, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to say three games ahead, but I would, I would imagine that Leicester City would adopt the back three in all three of those because they want to be nice and secure, first and foremost, but it doesn't detract from their attacking threat. As, as we saw yesterday, scored five, could have been ten, mm. quite feasibly. Uh, scored five against Man City with a back three. You know, it's not a negative, um, negative you know, change of approach. It, it is equally as effective if you do it right, and more often not, they do. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers is soon going to go from having uh, huge injury problems to uh, huge selection issues as well, I'm <laughs> sure. With the, the amount of players coming back, I'm sure it was a fairly easy post-match interview for him, though, yesterday, uh, speaking after the Sheffield United win. Brendan, congratulations. Biggest win in 18 months. How did it come about? Well, firstly, we, we worked very, very hard in the game. Um, you have to play with an intensity, and we were able to do that. Um, but I think organisationally, we defended well. We were aggressive. We got in contact with, with them. Um, so, and that's always the, the, the foundation to, for any good performance. So we, I don't think we'd give away too many shots, if any, on target. Um, and then we were, we were played with a good speed. Nice creativity movement was good in the team. And... And we were very clinical when we had the opportunities. Given the way the game sat at half time, did you open? Given the way the game set at half time, did you expect the game to open up as much as it did in the second half? No, I just thought there was opportunities there where we could take advantage of some of the spaces. It was a game where you have to work hard, but you're looking at the uh, where you can exploit the space. I just felt that we needed to be a little more patient with the ball, still move it quickly, but move it a little bit more side to side to create the, the spaces that we could utilise and uh, second half we were much better at that. And ultimately a win which could end up helping your goal difference massively at the end of the season if it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah, it's important, I've always said, you know, you, where you can score 
goals and score them, but equally keep a clean sheet. So, but from first whistle right to the very end, the, the players showed a great hunger in the game and a real, real good appetite. The combination of Jamie Kalecci and Iosis seemed to work incredibly well as well, interchanging, finding pockets of space all over the place. What was kind of the message to them going into this game, into how it was going to work? Well, it was exactly that. I think the, we needed that movement. You know, we, we identified pockets of space that we could arrive into. And when you can arrive in there, then you have the quality to score. I thought the first goal was well worked goal. We moved the ball side to side, and we could then play into those pockets. And uh, yeah, nice little combination of between all three gets the uh, gets the goal. So, uh, and once we got that first goal, you could see the confidence in the team. Yeah, very happy Brendan Rodgers there. So all three combined for the first goal. Then the second goal came. Down the right-hand side, Tony, you mentioned you, you wanted to talk about a certain goal later on. I think it might be the Iheanacho one, but I, I could be uh, guessing incorrectly. But the Jose Perez one was was pretty good as well. Yeah, it was. when It, it came from a free kick then, and I think if my memory serves me yeah. correct. And then they broke down the right-hand side and won the ball back and then played it into Perez. And uh, it, it just, I mean, it was given all the time in the world, but it was still a stunning finish, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic finish. And, and, and the goal that... I was purring about was obviously that third goal because you know I, I just love the way that Jamie pulls out wide to the left and everything's first time. I think it, one of the best sights in football is always when you see a, a one-touch goal. In other words, all the players are having one touch and that's what, exactly what happened when the ball was played to Jamie, that first-time ball across the face of the goal. Brilliant vision and not just the vision but the, the weight of the pass as well because if you, if you smash it across and it's coming at him really, really quick. It doesn't give him the option to hit the ball first time, but there was such perfect weight on the pass and he just strolled onto it. And again, I mean, Kelechi made it, he made it look so easy, you know, just stroked it with his right foot, didn't he? But it was a fantastic goal. And uh, I really, really enjoyed watching that one. But, you know, the, the first goal, really good, but that third goal was a bit special for me. Do, which of Ianacho's three, Tony, do you think he'll be most pleased with? I could be a silly question because one of them's a brilliant 25-yard strike into the bottom corner, but because of the the nature of the second and, and the one-touch football, could it be that? Could it be the first for getting in that position or does it have to be that that brilliant solo strike? I think it's always nice when you when you get hat-trick and it's 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 a variety of goals. You know, the, the, that first one was a simple six-yard tap-in, wasn't it? And the, the second one was probably technically the, the hardest one to do because he was on the run. You've got to concentrate. You've got to get it on target. You've got to get... The, the finish right, which he made look very easy, and then the fourth one, it, 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 his third one, sorry, the fourth goal was. It's all. It always seems a lot easier when, again, when you're given time, a bit like Perez's goal, you're given time on the ball, you're on hat trick, and you get to the stage where you think, why not? I'm going to have a shot. You know, it's bothering to close me down. I'm going to strike it. And again, it was real quality on it because it was curling away from the goalkeeper right in that bottom corner, and uh, it was a fantastic finish. And uh, you know. It was really good for him to get, to get hatch. It's always a lovely feeling when you get those Premier League hat tricks, and you know he'll take a north. Not that he probably needed it because he's been playing well and scoring goals anyway, but he'll get even more confidence from getting that hat trick. And you know, it, it the good thing I think about it, Dan, is it's now his place to lose, Kelechi's, because he's done so well. He's forced his way into the team, and you know, you you both spoke about it. You know, the, the manager's going to have a real headache, a nice headache, but he's going to have a real headache thinking, who do I leave out? But you can't leave Kalechi out at the moment. And that's a great credit to him. And it's now his place to lose. And he's just got to carry on doing what he's doing. If he does that, I think there's a, there's a fair case for keeping those two 
up front together for the rest of the season. Yeah, I remember asking you actually yesterday before the game, before we got the team news, Matt, I said, do you expect to see Kelechi Inacho again alongside Jamie Vardy because of obviously the goals against Burnley and Brighton? And, and yeah. you said, yeah, he's got to purely because of the form that he's in. <laughs> and now after scoring a hat-trick yesterday, he, he's... Must be as as close to undroppable as you can be. Oh yeah, yeah, that's not happening anytime soon, is it? But as much as anything, it was of course it was the goals that he scored and the way he's played of late. But um, because of the personnel we're out injury wise, the, the the system's almost been thrown onto Brendan. Really, you know, it, okay, he's been quite creative with it, but it, it was pretty. It was quite obvious, really, quite clear. Because you know, trying to get as many of your best players that you have fit and available out onto the pitch, how can I do that? And it's ended up with a three, and and well, it was literally only Ianacho and Vardy who were fit in in an attacking sense, wasn't it? Pretty much. So <laughs> you get the opportunity. I mean, I've just written it down there to make sure I remind myself. He's saying the first time he scored three uh, on the trot, but it's, it's probably. I don't know, I'm hazarding a guess. Certainly, he wouldn't have done it many times. He hasn't played free on the trot very often, has he? So, you know, that shows you. And the point that Tony referenced there is 100% true, especially in that centre-forward position. You know, previously, Ian Nacho could score. He could score the winner in a Premier League game, knowing that Jamie Vardy's coming back from suspension and he's not going to be playing. You know, it must be demoralising, really. And people are quite quick to sort of get on Kelechi's back a little bit because he, he didn't provide the assets that Jamie Vardy does. But um, as we've seen, he, he's very capable, both individually and in terms of linking up with other players, in this instance, Jamie Vardy. So, uh, yeah, no, fair play to him. And I saw a little interview with him yesterday as well, and he was, he was very gracious and very humble, wasn't he? And uh, nice to see. He's almost a little bit sort of bashful. <laughs> and uh, you don't see that too often with... with Modern day footballers, do you, etc. But uh, and he seems you know, really um, a likable lad. Very the, his teammates, you can see, urging him to do well, wanting to supporters want him to do well, and eventually it's coming around for him. But he's a uh, yeah, he's in, he's in fine fettle, isn't he? Fine form. Yeah, you could see the reaction as well from the, the Leicester City substitutes and even the players on the pitch when Ian Asho scored not one, not two, but all yeah. three, that they were absolutely delighted for him. There's a great video as well from the, the dressing room, which Wilfred Indeedy posted. You can see it yeah, on LCFC's that, yeah. Twitter as well. A bit of that going on. And then also, just flashed up in mind, the Everton game last season when he scored in, in the very last seconds, etc. And... The yeah. players, all, I mean, yeah, they were jubilant because the manner of the victory, but it was because it was collective as well. They were all on him, all piling on him. You know, he's a popular member of the team and uh, fair play to him for sticking at it. Yeah, let's uh, hear from him then. He also spoke to James Fielding after the game yesterday. Kelechi, congratulations. A hat-trick and a 5-0 win. Is that as good as a Thank Sunday you. as can get? Yeah, it's, it's good today. I'm delighted. I'm excited. I'm really happy today. I've been waiting for this day to come and uh, I'm happy it came. And I take my chances. So I, I thank, uh, I thank my my t my teammates, uh, uh, the gaffer, and the Leicester City staff and the owners for giving me the opportunity, and my teammates for helping me to keep going, and uh, get to this level. And uh, I'm I'm really happy and delighted today. How do you think it worked? Because you, IOC and James seem to have a great partnership up front. You know, you're always finding spaces and seem to be on the same wavelength as well. 
Yeah, but that's what happens when three strikers play uh, uh, in the same game. So I think it wasn't for us today. So um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that really coming the first half. We got a few chances and we got a goal. But in the second half, everywhere opened up for us and we, we were all over them. We, we pressed them and we counter-pressed them and we, we get the balls and we put the balls in the net. So it was a really uh, lovely Sunday for us. I think it's your second senior hat-trick. You got one for Manchester City as well. Are you hoping you'll be taking some more match balls home soon? Is that one going to be framed and put up in the, in the living room? Hopefully I'll get more, more goals and more hat-tricks, so I need to concentrate now in the performance. That's the most important thing, improving myself in training and uh, improving uh, in the things I don't do better. So improving in, in all aspects, of, uh, in all areas in, in training. So I need to improve every game by game and hopefully um, the game will keep coming and hopefully we'll get to the top. Well, it was a fantastic team performance today. What's the kind of feeling and the, the vibe in the dressing room at the moment about how this season can end up for Leicester City? Uh, um, I think uh, they are all happy for me, everyone. Uh, everyone is so emotional So today, so they are all happy for me. Uh, scored a hat-trick today, so they are really happy for me. So we are like a family in there, so um, I'm really happy. Uh, I, got, I got those lovely guys as my teammates, so I'm really happy. I wish everyone all the best. and and hopefully we'll get to the top together. It, it, I mean, it's hard not to smile when listening to Kalechi. Do, do, do you think he's happy? I think he's happy, yeah. <laughs> I think he's very happy. Uh, Vince Kelsey on Facebook says, the third Kalechi goal in particular shows he's brimming with confidence. Uh, the link-up play with Jamie Vardy is fabulous. You'll have gone through runs, obviously, Tony, and scored hat-tricks in your career, that when, when you're in that confident kind of zone and mood, do you feel unstoppable? Yeah, it's the best feeling in the world, and yeah, it, it works both ways. By the way, because when you when you you know when you can't get in the team, and when you when you're missing chances, and you can't get a goal, and you go, as I did on quite a few occasions, you go nine, ten games without a goal, and you you question whether you're ever going to score a, a goal again. But you have to have that self belief. Yeah, and the most important thing, and I, I think this is not just collecting, but this is what Jamie Vardy is doing at the moment. You've got to keep putting yourself in that position. You can't hide. You mustn't be scared to miss. You've, you've got to keep putting yourself in those positions. And if you keep doing that and you, you keep knocking on the door, as they say, yeah, eventually the tide will turn. It will turn for Jamie Vardy. He will start to score goals again. But I'm really pleased for Kalechian. You know, I think um, I'm just sort of thinking to myself who you can sort of compare him with. Because, it's, you know, it, I think I suppose the, the reason why some people might have questioned over the sort of the last couple of years you know, Kalechi's involvement in terms of the team role is because he's not he's not like a Jamie Vardy where he's going to hustle down. Yes, he works hard for the team, but you don't get that dynamic that you get from uh, from Jamie. And I'm just thinking he's he's a bit like um like a, I don't know whether Matt would agree like a Berbatov or a, a Paolo Di Canio, someone who's got that he's got that little bit of magic, but they're not going to sort of run around like a headless chicken and doing things. You know, they they've got their own way of playing and. I think he's he's expressing himself, isn't he? He's he's full of confidence. You know, getting three goals will give him a real, real boost. And 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 listening to that interview, he seems a very, very humble lad. And he said, "Ah, please, all the dressing room is for him," which is great. And you know, when you're a good lad, and and the rest of your teammates like you, everyone appreciates it when you do get those three goals. So I think there's more to come. I really do. I think he he can grow in confidence, and and hopefully, like I say, he'll stand the team for the rest of the season. 
quite rightly, you gave Kelechi Inacho the man of the match. I think that had he not got the hat trick, even <laughs> not if it, yeah, choice there, pretty was easy, it? wasn't it? I mean, it's a good performance all round, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jose Perez though must if yeah. Inacho had not got the hat trick and maybe only got two, he would certainly have been more in the reckoning. I think yeah. he was absolutely brilliant, considering again it was his return yeah, from injury. Well worth well. a mention, but um, I think he'd be quite happy Kelechi Inacho with, with those comparisons. TC. Uh, the canio. Yeah, no, you know, no, but you know what I'm trying to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's got something different. It's hard to to put him in a category, isn't it? You know, like yeah. like you're saying, he's capable of, you know, the sublime at times, and and you know, times gone by, capable of the ridiculous at times as well. But you know, his consistency is there these days, and that's his confidence, and that's a consequence of getting more opportunities and getting into a rhythm. But anyway, asking me about Perez, yeah, I. I he he was key. He was key for, for Leicester. You felt because other people had been tried in there. You know, Tillemans had been advanced from his deeper line midfield role. Didn't really work. Madison's obviously out. Tavares came in, did okay. It was debut and all that. But it, it was it's a big ask to 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 play there consistently from the off as a young lad, and for Perez to come back after being out for a reasonable amount of time, um, got straight back. It well. Straight back into it. The first ten minutes, I was watching him, seeing because I, I wanted to see more devilment from him and a little bit more gusto, if you like, to his game. Uh, I didn't see it in the first ten minutes. I thought, okay, right, is, is it going to be one of those Jose, Jose Perez performances? But he was uh, he was just feeling his way in, <laughs> quite quite obviously, I suppose, because he was just sort of checking out the situation, having a little stroll around, getting himself up to speed, and then. Bang, he, he just clicked, didn't he? And those positions that Brendan Rodgers was on about him trying to pick up uh, and, and make use of, he started to do it. And from the first goal onwards, yeah, he was a huge influence, wasn't he? Clever, intelligent play, a lovely touch at times. In tight areas, he just, a, just a little, little glance of the ball away from someone who's trying to come and close him down. You know, get, enables him to get his head up and, and lay that pass in or feed it out wide or have that strike at goal. And, uh, yeah, he was, I mean, especially, like say, coming back from injury, it was a very, very good standard performance. And, again, Brendan Rodgers got to be delighted, delighted with him back in the fray as well. And, and a quality goal to boot as well. <laughs> Tony mentioned it there quickly. I thought he'd sort of run himself into a little bit of a, a, um, a cul-de-sac, really, because, you know, he'd had the t he had the option to pass or he could have been more direct and shot with his left foot. Cut inside on his preferred right, but I thought he'd stumble into trouble. But Sheffield United afforded him too much space. What a strike. Sort of like cut across it, didn't he? And whipped it with bend into the far corner. Lovely goal. Yeah, great performance and a great goal from Jose Perez. And finally, he also spoke to LCFC TV after the game. Yeah, I think we, we uh, play really well trying to find each other. Um, it's hard for the defenders because we're in, uh, in a position where I can receive between the lines, they are pinging the, the centre-backs and, uh, and then as soon as any of us uh, can, uh, can get turned, everyone is uh, running in behind. So it's not easy for the defenders, we've got pace, we've got quality. Um, so it's about understanding with each other and I think we did really well, we created a lot of chances. We could have been more goals, um, but yeah, positive uh, performance for us. And is that a position that you prefer playing behind the strikers? You know, you played wide quite a lot in your career as well. How do you assess that? Yeah, obviously, as 
being central as a number 10, you get chances to either assist or score goals. You are closer to the box. You are in a position where you are important in that link up with the strikers. So it's a position I have played uh, many times and a position where I feel very comfortable. And the goal as well, you know, from where we were sitting way up there, it kind of looked like it was going wide at some point, but just got enough on it to send it back inside. Yeah, well, I tried to find the far post as I cut into my right foot. Uh, um, it got a little deflection, which helped it a little bit, but obviously the, the intention was that to find the, the far post. And uh, it went in. Um, pleased and, and very happy to, to, to score again, to be back with the, with, the, with the boys. I pushed myself to be available today. Um, because of the, the injury, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't in 100%. Uh, but obviously, I had to be on the pitch and uh, help my teammates. We are in a great position and we all are fighting and, and pushing to, to stay there. Yep, Jose Perez speaking after the game. We've, uh, we've been talking about the 5-0 victory. We're already 40 minutes into the show. We've not done our Who's the Fox yet, Matt, so we can get okay. that up on the screens. For everybody who is uh, listening and watching, you can get involved with this now. Um, so we'll put a picture up on the screen. Uh, it is of a Leicester City player, past or present. Uh, you've got to tell us who it is. Matt already knows who it is. Uh, so get your comments in on, uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. We'll save our weekend trivia's all to the very end because we're uh, almost at the end of the show already. Um, so there's no point in doing the first set now. Uh, yeah, so we'll leave it up on the screen for a, a few more seconds so everyone at home can have a little bit more of a look and then get your guesses in for us, please. Uh, Tony, one thing I picked up from uh, that Ayose Perez interview was that he said he, he pushed himself to be available for the game, i.e. coming back from injury quickly. Now, that clearly shows the level of... Uh, I'd say confidence, maybe not confidence isn't the word, but hunger in this group at the moment to be available to play and to be involved week in, week out in what hopefully will be a really good run-in. Yeah, it tells you everything, doesn't it? You know, you know the, the, the players that are injured, they want to get back into the, the squad first and foremost and then get on that bench if necessary or, or get back in the team, you know, if you get the opportunity. And, you know, it, it, it's... It's always strange when you're injured because you, you see all what's going on and you go, you're still going through it with the boys and whether you're winning, losing, drawing, you're going through it. But you, it's frustrating because you don't feel like you're contributing and you, all you want to do is just get back in action so that you can help out and be a part of the squad. And But it, it, listen, there are times, you know, we, I've certainly I've been at clubs where players are, are injured a lot more, lot longer than what they should be. And a lot of that is down to the fact that the team aren't playing very well. You're not getting the points, you're in a bad position, etc. But you look at this current Leicester City squad of players and if you don't want to be a part of this squad of players at the moment and part of where the football club's going, you know, you, you should not be anywhere near this football club because it's a club that is progressing, um, you know, that's got a fantastic chance now of getting in the Champions League for next season. And you, you want to be playing as well. And that's the main thing. You As a footballer, you, you train to play at the weekend. So... You know, you want to be a part of it. And, you know, listen, it, it was really good what he said. He, he you know, he, he volunteered himself. He wanted to be a part of it. You, you know you're not probably going to make 90 minutes or you know you're not 100% fit, but you still push yourself to try and get back into that team. And you also know that there aren't going to be that many opportunities as well because when, when those two key players get fit, Madison and Barnes that we've been speaking about, 
you know, the, the possibilities of Ayozi staying in that team are going to get slimmer and slimmer. But listen, all he can do, exactly what I said about Kalecci, is just perform. And if he plays like he does, then that gives the manager a real dilemma in terms of what he does and bringing those players back. But, you know, he was brilliant yesterday. And he, he's got that. He, he has got that in his locker that he can perform like that. It's just that little bit more consistency. That's all we're asking from him. A little bit more consistency, but that's what all players are striving for. Yeah, speaking of dilemmas, obviously there's the FA Cup game um, on Sunday. Big, massive FA Cup clash with Manchester United in, in the quarterfinals here at King Power Stadium. What do you expect Brendan Rodgers will do? Because there's not a Premier League game now for three weeks. After that one, there's obviously the international break. So a little bit of a, a break, whether the players go away or not, we don't know that yet. But it, it's a massive Premier, FA Cup game and you'd suspect that Brendan Rodgers will go as strong as he possibly can. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I think, you know, regardless of when the fi other fixtures were coming up, it's quarter final of the FA Cup. Um, you know, possibly in earlier rounds, you can be forgiven for tweaking it around a bit. But um, no, I think it, it would be a, you know, a huge surprise if it was anything but full strength. Up against, especially against Man U and, you know, the, the, what they point up ahead, um, a position ahead in the league and. You know, they're considered our rivals these days, which is uh, something that hasn't happened in my memory, that's for sure, you know, because, <laughs> you know, to, they were miles away from us, you know, in our time. And even though we had relative success, but now we're sort of genuine competitors on, on, a, on a level par. And that's some achievement. It's Man United we're talking about. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you go into the game, um, we've already mentioned about what approach we think Brendan will take. You know, why, if he's not broke, why fix it uh, with the back three, etc. Formidable back five that they've got. And, you know, there's quality running throughout Leicester's team. And they're genuinely um, going up against Man United, you know, on, on an even kill with a, I don't know, 50-50 situation, really, because it's not hoping Man United have a bad day and Leicester play exceedingly well. You know, if both play, both teams play well, you'll still be unsure about what the outcome's going to be. And that, that, that's how good a side Leicester are these days. Well, that's exactly what happened on Boxing Day as well. Both sides yeah. played well and it, and it was 2-2. You couldn't separate them. Uh, Mark Winfield, Tony, makes a really good point on Facebook. Uh, it says Manchester United have got a tough away game on Thursday. Obviously, Leicester have now this, this full week off to prepare for that. Manchester United, of course, go into Milan uh, in the Europa League. So... And that ties finally balanced at one all, so that that will probably that's add good. something. That's on the Thursday as well, so that works extra. in Leicester's favour, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, and he, um, I mean, Oli's going to have to play, you know, near enough his strongest team as well, you know, because they obviously want to get through. It's a big game for them, and then you've got the travelling aspect, all of which works in Leicester's favour. And you know, listen, I watched the game. Obviously, they played West Ham yesterday. They didn't play particularly well yesterday. They got a result, which fair play to them. But you know, I, I, they, it doesn't scare me this Manchester United team. Yes. They've got some good players. We all know that on their day, they, you know, they, they they can be a real handful, particularly the forward players. But it doesn't scare me. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to watching the game, and hopefully, you know, I think this is a this is a big game for Leicester, a really really big game. I know the Premier League league games are important, but it's it's big from the point of view that if you get through this and then you get a decent draw in the semi-finals, then you're at Wembley and you're in the, well, you're at Wembley anyway in the semi-finals, but you you're trying to get to the FA Cup final, and that's Something that you know that's this it's all something that the Leicester fans would want, and you know they're, they're talking about fans being allowed in as well. So it, 
it, it's a real opportunity, I think. You know, once you get to that quarterfinals, you know, I've, I've been there myself, you know, you, yes, the FA Cup, the third, fourth, fifth rounds, yes, of course, they're important. But when you get to the quarterfinals, you really start to think, you know what, this could be our year. And it's a massive game for the football club. And I think they've got a really, really good chance of getting through. Yeah, hopefully so. I, I was doing a little bit of prep ahead of it. They came on uh, Sunday today and looked at the recent record in the last 20-odd I mean, Leicester's record against Manchester United is not good. In general? In general. No, it's not, exactly. And I was just thinking exactly that point. They're obviously the 5-3 um, here at the King Power, which was an, an incredible, incredible afternoon's entertainment. But wins against Man United for any team, really, are few and far between. Okay, and you know, I know they're not the the force of of yesteryear, but they're they're still they're still pretty pretty formidable, really. Um, you know, you go up against them; they're not that spectacular to watch the majority of the time, as Tony just mentioned. But they don't lose too many games this season, certainly in the last thirty or so. You know, in different competitions, and uh, if Leicester were to one one beat them because it's the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, but also the magnitude of a victory in you know, a high-profile encounter against Man United shows you where, you where you're at as well a little bit. And it would be a huge boost for the players in terms of, sort of, not that they need it necessarily, but it will be a, will be a bonus in terms of self-esteem and confidence and you know, genuine self-belief in their ability as a group. You know, Man United will be giving it their all. If they're to come out on top, they deserve every accolade going. But it's 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 uh, an achievement that they're well capable of grasping. Absolutely. Uh, as well as the game here at King Power Stadium yesterday, there was a huge game which was taking place uh, in Durham at the top of the FA Women's Championship. And as we seem to say every week here on, L uh, on Extra Time on LCFC Radio, LCFC Women won again. Uh, they've now made it 10 straight league wins in a row after beating Durham 2-0. Uh, that means Jonathan Morgan's side are now three points clear at the top of the table with a game in hand. Uh, and after the game, uh, Morgan was understandably delighted with the performance. Yeah, it was massive, uh, massive in the title race. There's no two ways about it. Um, puts us three points ahead of them now with the game in hand, and um, I'm hoping now we can just take that form and that momentum into our remaining four games of the season and just see this league out now. Um, we knew that it was going to be a tough game. We knew what Durham were going to bring. We knew it was going to be physical. Um, I think it was extremely physical, especially in the first half, and it was very clear that they targeted some of our our key players like Remy. Unfortunately, she had to come off. But what was really great about that is that she came off after 13 minutes and it didn't stop us. We were still we still stuck to the game plan. We were still phenomenal today. And tactically, we, we outthought them, outmaneuvered them. And I think we thoroughly deserved the win today. Yeah, massive win in the promotion race for LCFC women. Both their goals in the 2-0 win uh, came from an unlikely source as defender Sam Tierney scored her first and second goals for the club. And afterwards, she talked us through her first, which was a fine close-range volley. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'll have to watch it back because it was all a bit of a blur. I think one minute I'm looking at it, it might have been, even been Shante, like, ball came off her and I'm just, like, sidewinding it or whatever into the net. And next minute, everyone's hitting me in the face. So um, I'll watch it back and I'll, I'll probably save it. But... Um, but yeah, it was massive. I think um, we knew we'd have the chances, um, but it was just putting it away. And, you know, like from there, I think we, we looked stronger and stronger as, as we grew into the game. And it was about managing the game. And I think that's probably even more important than the goals I've scored. Like once you get that foothold, like to manage a game against a tough team like that, like it's hard. But I think I think we did it well. 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic. LCFC women flying at the top of the FA Women's Championship. Let's hope it continues. Not too many games to go in that one. As I said before, they're three points clear at the top of that league uh, with a game in hand. So they've had a fantastic debut season uh, under the wing uh, or in the LCFC family. Um, we've been talking about that FA Cup game on Sunday. Uh, we haven't done predictions. Uh, your prediction kind of was half right, wasn't it? You said Leicester would win, obviously, at the weekend. They did win. You didn't say 5-0. I just read a Conservative 2, didn't I? Which is uh, quite elaborate for me. There's normally <laughs> only one goal in it, isn't there? But 2-0, yeah, 5, could have been 10. So, uh, quite a way off the mark. Yeah, are you asking me for one this weekend? Yes, please, for the FA Cup 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> Leicester's in Leicester's favour. Yeah, you do like a 2-1, don't you? Sneak it. It's going to be tight, isn't it, surely? Yeah. Tony, how about you? Well, I was going to go 2-1, but I can't go the same as Matt. So I'll have to go for a close 1-0 victory. But Man United are good away from home. We know that. But I think it's going to be a tight game. But I do think the Leicester will go through. Yeah, I hope you're both right. Uh, let's get our Who's the Fox back on the screen for you. There's a reason we picked this one. Um, it isn't the obvious one. It's because, obviously, the FA Cup game against Manchester United coming up. This was in Leicester City's last FA Cup game as well. Uh, we'll give people a couple more minutes to try, or a couple more seconds, rather, to have a few more guesses. We've had loads and loads of I think ones. even Walshie would get that one right. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly would. On Twitter, there's there's too many to mention on Twitter that got it right. On Facebook, well done to Antonis, to Jack, to Helen, to Fee, uh, to Raymond, and to Craig. Uh, it is, of course... Kalechi Iheanacho. The man of the moment. Yeah, yeah. Kalechi Iheanacho <laughs> scoring after, what, 93 minutes uh, in the game against Brighton in the last round of the FA Cup when he said it was too cold for extra time, so he decided yeah, yeah. to score the header uh, in that <laughs> one, which uh, took Leicester into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Well done to those of you uh, that got it correct. Um, right, extra time teasers time. Normally we do one earlier in the show, but we've saved them all for the end uh, for no reason in particular. Uh, Tony, you can pick if you would like pot number one or pot number two for us, please. Pot two, please, Dan. Pot two for Tony, and then that's pot one for Matt. Uh, so, Matt, you can go first. Oh. Uh, before yesterday, who was, uh, or when was, and who scored Leicester's last hat-trick? So when was it and who scored it? That should be easy. Should be. Hat-trick. Right, I'm going to go off the top of my head. Perez against Southampton. Tony Cotter, you have a chance to steal a point. Have, I, jump, have, I, have I jumped in there a little bit? Go I'm on, go on, that, But weren't there two hat-tricks? Didn't Jamie Vardy get hat-trick that damn as well? I've got Jamie Vardy then. Hang on, who else has got a hat-trick? What are you talking about? Jamie Vardy against Man City this season at the Etihad. Oh, Etihan yeah. In the 5-2. Of course. A couple of penalties, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, and that fantastic flick behind the, the back of his leg. I thought, well. yeah, that seemed too long ago, the 9-0. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so no one gets a point for that one. Uh, Tony, your first question. Uh, Jamie Vardy has become the sixth player to register 100 goal involvements in the Premier League after turning 30. So he's only the sixth player to do so after turning 30. Uh, name one of those other five players. I saw this stat, so I'm going to go... Um, Take your pick, Gianfranco Zola. 
Gianfranco Zola. Correct, yep. Zola, Sheringham, Shearer, Ian Wright and Frank Lampard were the other five as well. So well done to Jamie Vardy on that one. Uh, you got some um, coming back to do here, Matt, already. This is Tony's second question. I feared that may be the case. That win yesterday for Leicester equaled Leicester's biggest ever home Premier League victory, uh, which was also 5-0 against who in September 2019? Oh, 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 I know this one, TC. Um, I think Newcastle rings the bell. Correct. You were there, Tony. You were covering it for uh, for LCFC Radio that day. Rings yeah. a bell? What do you mean? You didn't pull Newcastle out of the, out the hat, did you? Did you not know that one? Yeah, I did, yeah. I had it. But you were making out you were flummoxed, and then it is. Oh. That's 2-0 to Tony. You you really do. Good night, Irene, isn't it, already? Uh, Who scored Burnley's second goal against Everton on Saturday evening? What a goal it was as well. McNeil. Correct. And indeed, it was a very, very good strike. I'm glad you didn't ask me who got the first. Who got the first? Chris Wood. Wood, Wood. yeah. This is your third one. Uh, Which two teams uh, won the Papa John's EFL trophy this weekend? (laughs) Oh, no. Right. Uh, Sunderland, Salford. Sunderland, Salford. Well done. Well done. There's a very happy person sat about 10 feet from us uh, with that question. What was that all about, by the way? Having it. Was it day before? Yeah, it was from oh, last year's day before. Yeah. They must have been out to squeeze it. What did they do with the trophy? They go, oh, hey. oh, sorry. Yeah, they, they were holders for all of a day, all of 24 hours. Uh, Tony, if you get this, you win. If you don't, uh, Matt has a chance of winning. Uh, Eric Lamella scored a brilliant Rabona goal uh, for Spurs against Arsenal yesterday. You're nodding along. I'm sure you watched it. Uh, who did he yeah. nutmeg, though, in the process of scoring? Which player did he nutmeg? Oh, look, he's struggling. He's struggling. <laughs> I didn't watch Boy, it either. <laughs> Um, oh. uh, uh, I don't know, but I'm going to guess David Luiz. Oh, I'd have gone for him. I'd have gone for him. Um, I didn't see, and he might not have even been playing, Gabriel. No. That was Thomas Party coming back into what the centre midfield. Uh, it's a brilliant uh, goal if you haven't seen I, it. No, I have, I've I've seen, I have seen the goal too fair, but I didn't. It just flashed up. I didn't see what was yeah. going on details. Yeah. Um, never mind. Never mind. Well, it's gone to a tiebreaker because oh. it's two-two. Oh, I thought I was out there. No, out no. The to, I think that's three weeks in a row now. We've had Still a tiebreaker after not having one for it? ages. Uh, as we said uh, a minute ago on the quiz, Jamie Vardy has become the sixth player over the age of thirty to have one hundred goal involvements in the Premier League uh, after turning thirty. Uh, of that uh, now one hundred number, how many were assists? So it was the first goal that he assisted was his. 100th goal involvement so at that stage how many of those 100 were assists 100 involvements were assists yeah okay and if you could write those answers down um, if you've not got a pen and paper Tony we can just trust you you've got one yeah so of the 100 the assist and the assist of the 100 out of 100 percentage like Tony if you (laughs) want to get technical (laughs) come on how long does it take Okay, right, you both got it. If you showed up, hold it up to your camera, Tony, for me and, and you as well, Matt. That's 31 uh, Tony's gone, gone for. 34 I've gone. Uh, you, you've both gone very high. It's actually 19. Oh. So technically Tony wins. Tony wins the quiz. Look at that celebration. Well done, Tony. Familiar pose for TC, yeah. that is, isn't it? 19 assists for Jamie Vardy, uh, 81 goals, of course. Yeah, 34, um, really, as a striker. Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? You don't assist that many, do you? Yeah, but... Yeah. Oh, well. 
Oh well. Lived you win some, you lose some, yeah, don't you? You were praised earlier in, in this yeah. show. So couldn't, I, I couldn't lose to a final man, could no, I? Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you very much to Tony Cotty and to Matt Elliott Dude, for their man. company Dude, this man. evening. Dude, Thanks Dude, to Dude. everyone for, uh, for listening and watching and getting involved with us uh, on Twitter and Facebook. We'll be back on Friday for Matchday Minus 2 ahead of that huge FA Cup quarterfinal uh, with Manchester United. So do join us then.